Welcome back to another episode of NFT Catcher Podcast. We'd like to remind everybody that nothing on the show is meant as financial advice, and to please do your own research. Thank you, and enjoy the show. Now the subject is NFT. They're known as non-fungible tokens, or NFT. NFTs are floating in popularity. This is a technology that will forever change the way people interact. So it is happening whether you understand it and like it or not. This phenomenon is moving the digital You have now joined Jenny from the blockchain and Michael Keane on the NFT Catcher Podcast. What's up, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the NFT Catcher Podcast with me, Jenny from the Blockchain, and my co-host, Michael Keene. For today's interview, we have Billy, who is the co-founder of Megavault, which is the parent company to Subducks. Um, and we are very excited to talk to him about Subducks' origin story. They just passed their one-year mark. Uh, we would definitely want to talk about the behind the scenes of building an NFT project. And so, yeah, Billy, welcome to the show. What's up? Happy to be here. Yes. And and Michael, happy Wednesday. Yeah. It's odd that we're recording in the middle of the day, but it's nice sometimes. Nice to see you guys. Billy, thanks for being here. Yeah, my pleasure. Cool. Yeah. Just a little background history on, on how I know Billy, because I kind of always like to share how I know the guests. So I guess VCon, I had tweeted out that I was like going to be vlogging for VCon and Billy was like super nice and and DM'd me and was like, hey, like if you need help uh, with content, like our whole Subducks content team will be there. And, you know, if you need anything from us, like we can help you out. And the um, interview with Gary V that we had uploaded uh, for our VCon recap episode that was recorded by Austin on the, the content team for Subducks. And so, yeah, shout out to Billy. Uh, thank you for, for hooking it up. They also recorded one of my panels and um, just the whole Subducks team. Very nice to me um, at VCon. And so, yeah, I just, um, you know, I'm happy to bring Billy on. He's just been very generous. And, and Subducks recently reached their one year mark which is huge congratulations on that thank you yeah yeah and you know i think we're all in this together right like i think that's the the general our general view of like the nft space is that we all got to grow this thing together so happy to help folks whenever we can yes i love that can you kind of tell us about the subducts origin story and how megavolt came about yeah sure so subducts like the original like subducts uh, NFTs like Frankie Drew. I think when he was in New York, like back in like 2017, 2018, like it was like a while ago. Um, and he minted those as just kind of like one of ones, right? Like uh, like the original Subduck characters, like a little duck guy, and I think he had like a skateboard, and like it basically said like "Cool Duck says sup" um, on it. And um, you know, so that was out there, and there was like a couple different variations on that character that he did. Um, cause you know, Frankie's an artist, so that's what he does. And then, um, you know, he's been like working in, you know, NFTs and blockchain stuff since about that time. And, uh, lots of things kind of evolved. Um, we had a little blockchain studio that, uh, we still kind of run on the side and then, you know, apes happened, right? Like, and that was like a pretty big catalyst, I think for the whole like NFT industry. 
and the way that like changed things. So Frankie at the time was running creative direction at NFT 42. So he's running all their design and stuff for their nameless product, which is like a, an NFT minting platform. And, uh, you know, I watched him and Jimmy like, um, minting apes and was like, wait, what are these? Um, and ended up scooping those. But like, as I was paying attention to what was happening in the market, um, as soon as they minted out, like I did the quick math on it and was like, oh, this is the model, right? Like you can do 10,000 of these pieces of art, like at a relatively accessible price point um, for the masses. And then, you know, an aggregate that that will help you like kickstart a project in a, in a company essentially. Um, and so I texted Frankie about that and was like, hey, this is what we got to do. And he's like, okay, let me think about it. Um, and so around that same time, Strunk, uh, who had purchased one of those original Subduck NFTs um, that Frankie had drawn, uh, found him on Twitter and uh, DM'd him and was like, hey, I think the world needs more, more Subducks in it. And so uh, that was then like, I think the trigger point for Frankie of like, oh yeah, I already have this character and I already have this art and I know how to do this. Like, let me put together a little team. Like I need, I need some folks to help me. Cause like he could do it all himself, but I think it would have been a pretty big lift. Um, so uh, started to recruit a, a small group of folks. Um, I think there are five people total, including himself, like on the original uh, founding team for Subdux. And, you know, Fast forward six weeks, uh, Subdux was born. That's cool. Yeah. Now I remember when it dropped. It was uh, Subdux was was a really big deal when it first dropped. I remember this was so you guys launched in mid July, and by the end of September, the floor was like well over three. Right. That must have been yeah. pretty exciting. Yeah, I think there was definitely like um, you know there were there was a lot of hype in the market, right? Like it was a, a good yeah. Time I actually. Going. Exactly. I actually look, I was looking at a lot of the Subduck data and it like, it really goes with the market. September, everything was crazy. December, everything dropped down. January, everything blew up again. You know, it's like, it's pretty interesting, but go ahead, man. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, no. Yeah. I, I think you're, you're right on, right? Like that, you know, market dynamics, like dictate a lot of this stuff, right? Like you know, yeah. as much as people say they're in it for the art or the community or whatever it is, right? Like uh, the market uh, drives a lot of the price action. So um, you know, we haven't worried too, too much about it, right? Like it's always something you pay attention to, but not like the thing that you pay attention to. We've been fortunate, you know, in some ways, right? Like with the, the early collectors, um, like there's a good number of like whale duck holders and there was more in the beginning, but I think this is something that we struggled with at the time, um, is the unique holder count, right? Like, I think this is like a, a thing that we've kind of like learned as the market is mature that like you want mm-hmm. a pretty diverse um, base of collectors in your community. Mm-hmm. Um, and because, you know, when ducks originally dropped, like it was like before pre-mint and all that stuff, right? Like it's just public mint, right? Like you just go to public mint. There's no whitelist, there's nothing, right? Like, <laughs> um, and uh, so we had a bunch of folks that were um, scooping like large quantities of ducks. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, driving up that scarcity um, and driving up that floor price and then, you know, able to flip and uh, recognize some good returns. Yeah, absolutely. You guys are actually just about to pass your all time high in unique holders. So that must be something you're excited about. Yeah, definitely. Right. Like it's something yeah. that we. That's we really important there. for sure. Yep. Yep. 
but you know, one of the things that we learned, right, like is like you don't necessarily get to control any of that stuff. Nope. Um, and so we've done a bunch to kind of um, grow the the Subtext universe in general. Um, we've got you know multiple collections, right, like under under the Megavolt umbrella. So. Um, subducks, king frogs, mega toads. We dropped snacks that you could feed to your frogs to animate them. Um, and then you're able to take your duck and lick a mega toad and uh, you end up with a wacky duck. And mm -hmm. we're just about to add um, the next layer to that loop, um, which is uh, the vis visiting the jungle duck god where you'll be able to get gifts if you're, if you're a wacky duck and you can see the truth. Um, oh, I almost forgot. We got BX ducks that we dropped, and then I think uh, we're about to airdrop Pixel ducks to all the Subducks holders. Um, it's like our one-year anniversary gift to the community. Ooh, yeah. So lots That's and fine. lots of different collections out there. And uh, right around our birthday, um, Frankie did like a, a side mint um, called Scumbags, which is like a totally different set of art. Yeah, like a just not inside the subtext universe necessarily, like kind of adjacent to it. I saw those there. It's, it's very different from like the subtext um, vibe and the, the look of them and stuff. That was cool though. Yeah. Um, what, what's your, like, how did you get into web three and NFTs? Yeah. So I am like a serial entrepreneur. I think Megavolt is like company number 26 for me. Um, so I've been in a bunch of different startups, like seeing, um, you know, teams go from zero, like employees, like the first founding team, um, to, you know, raising millions of dollars, and having hundreds of employees and seeing companies like go from, you know, having a bunch of money to, to zero, which is, you know, the most common outcome. That's the one I've seen the most. Um, but the way I got into web three was I, um, I was looking, you know, I've been tracking like early crypto stuff like Bitcoin and Ethereum, um, like uh, as just part of like the Bay Area tech scene, right? Like, and it was something like I always kind of like dabbled in, but was never that serious about. And then uh, ICOs happened. Um, and I think that validation in the ICO market, that, that kind of hype cycle of like, there was a big run up in crypto. Um, there was, you know, a, a ton of like, interest like retail interest and you know became this um kind of bubble and feeding frenzy and i recognized that like the tech you know definitely had like mainstream potential that, that was the thing that was missing for me is like yeah this stuff's cool but i'm not sure it'll ever catch on at scale like it needs like a killer app if you will um and icos were that for me right like they they showed me like okay there, there is something here um so quickly thereafter i uh like around 2018 um, I decided to get into crypto mining. So I was pretty late into the mining cycle, but it was an area that was like pretty stable and well understood, right? Like I, I felt like it was a business model that um, I could wrap my head around and could explain well to others, right? Like, hey, you, you buy these machines, you feed them electricity and they produce tokens. Like that's essentially it. Um, and uh, so raised uh, two different funds around crypto mining, set up a bunch of different miners um, in the Pacific Northwest where there was, you know, cheap hydroelectric power. Um, and uh, that was like how I really got into crypto, right? Like that's how I built like my initial set of bags. You know, both of those funds did really well because, uh, you know, one of the big theses for the funds was um, around 
the the Bitcoin having and mining Bitcoin and Ethereum primarily um, with an eye towards uh, the run up in price that we expect around Bitcoin halvings. And so ran those up until like 2021. Um, and yeah, we returned over 3x to all the investors, which was pretty rad. And then, you know, as I built those bags through mining, I was able to uh, start engaging in kind of the DeFi markets and started to explore DeFi pretty heavily um, and started working more in the crypto space, like, um, you know, working on projects, like uh, contributing different projects, um, talking to all my crypto friends that, you know, you quickly get as soon as you get into crypto um, about all the stuff that they were working on and trying to just grow the space in general. Like that was always like my perception of the market and still is, is like, it's still like pretty early days, right? Like um, the mass market awareness is there and like there's some dabbling, but it's not like mainstream in the way that um, Facebook is mainstream or Instagram is mainstream, right? Like it's not, everyone does it. It's like some people do it. Um, but I think it is the sort of thing where everyone will do it someday. Um, yeah. So, uh, you know, had a pretty good time with DeFi, like, uh, and then, you know, was looking kind of for that next, like, way of growing uh, the Ethereum community in particular, right? Like, I was, I've been a pretty big believer in Ethereum um, since the get-go. Um, and so, uh, you know, one of the ways I, I, I thought about a lot was around gaming. And, and building like gaming applications also around kind of viral media, like, um, cause I've done a bunch of stuff around like social media and uh, viral content in my career. Um, and so, you know, uh, was looking at th those types of opportunities. Um, and then, you know, once I started to see, uh, understand NFTs a little bit more and, and see the application, like that became like a, a focus for me. Um, and I think, you know, going back to the, the subduck story, right? Like I had been following NFTs pretty closely, but apes really was that catalyst for me. I was like, wait a minute, you can catalyze a community of thousands of people who all like now have this shared uh, connection and they can all like, you know, jump into Discord and like vibe and stuff. And I was like, this is dope. Like I, I want to do this. Yeah, Board Apes really, um, really inspired a lot of, uh, of projects to come out and yeah, it, it was it was such an interesting experience. Like we hadn't really seen something like that happen um, before. But uh, a couple questions popped in my mind as you were talking. Um, one mm -hmm. of the things is, what would NFTs being mainstream look like, in your opinion? NFTs being mainstream look like. So I think I think about this a lot. Like now, still, right? Like it's like how do we like drive. Uh, adoption and usage um like i think it's the sort of thing where like when you walk down the street they're just like everywhere right like you you go into the 7-eleven or whatever and it's like all over the place and like everything you buy like comes with free nfts and like you know uh it's just part of kind of like the consumer culture and culture in general is that you, you can't really go anywhere without it um and i think that's that's the way I think about it, right? Like, it's like, it would be, you know, like a core thing that people do in terms of like media and culture and entertainment. But I think there are also a ton of other applications, right? Like in terms of like membership and, um, you know, uh, rights uh, in terms of like real estate or property 
Um, like I think there are a bunch of different applications, but the one that I'm most focused on is kind of like the the core cultural one of like driving um, adoption for the masses through kind of like media products and um, and media experiences. Hmm. Um, I'm also curious. What are some, because, you know, you said you're a serial entrepreneur and and I'm also curious, what are some differences that you've noticed between running like a Web 2 company uh, versus like a Web 3 company? Yeah. So I think probably the biggest difference is around kind of like the financial structure. So I think this is one of the things that got me really excited about um, StepDucks and, you know, the NFT market. Um, was that, you know, we didn't take a round of funding from an investor, right? Like we raised funds essentially from the community um, to, to kickstart the project. And not only that, right, like it wasn't just like a, a Kickstarter thing or a crowdsource thing, but all these folks had ownership, right? Like they have a stake in it and they have, and, and the incentive alignment is there. Like that's part of the magic of crypto, right? Is that when people hold tokens now, their uh, incentives are aligned with those of, you know, the projects. Um, and so that was that was something that was like super uh, exciting for me because you know my favorite types of businesses are bootstrap businesses right like where you don't have to raise funding where you where customers are the the you know the revenue engine um, for the business um, and uh, and and the amount of capital required to get going isn't uh, the thing that like makes or breaks the business um, so I think those two pieces right like being able to to, to bootstrap something, but then also have like uh, a set of folks that um, are all aligned uh, in terms of their incentives and in terms of their interests, right? Like they all bought into the project because they like the art and they like the vibe. So true. So true. And I love the whole, you know, sup, sup, like always saying sup, you know, with the sup ducks, that's kind of like their thing, um, yeah. which is cool. You know, it's kind of like a language as well, you know, you're coming up with. Um yes. Yeah, which is yeah. I think that's what happens with culture, right? Like, is that like it, it? It evolves like in the same way that language does, and, and language is a core part of that. Um, yeah, so I, I love to see that in other projects too. Like, I think it's you know it's the best form of marketing, right? Like, it's the most organic form of marketing is when the project itself creates its own culture that everyone inside the project starts to adopt um, because they think it's cool. Totally. So there's a lot of projects coming out now. I mean you know, tons of, of new projects coming out every day. Uh, a lot of projects that have sold out in the past that have maybe fallen off or just gotten abandoned. And I am curious to hear your take on, you know, you guys have been around for a whole year, still grinding, still, still doing things, you know, in the space, which is honestly actually rare. And um, my question is, what does it take to run a successful NFT project and, you know, one that continues to, you continue to develop? Like, also, what are the motivations to continue working on the project? Yeah. Yeah. So I think, you know, success is um, kind of a, a, a vague term in the sense that, right, like, it's going to vary from person to person and project to project. Um, what I will say, like, around, you know, longevity um, is like, I, I think it helped that both Frankie and I um, were entrepreneurs that have like worked together, you know, uh, multiple times, right? Like um, having kind of that long-term perspective and understanding the the changes in momentum that happen with any company or any startup, right? Like understanding like the the challenges and 
but also like the the wins and like the euphoria right like because i think for first time founders um a lot of that stuff can be pretty hard like that that emotional cycle um like is pretty rough on most people and so if you don't have kind of like a uh like a muscle memory for that and a set of instincts around it um, it can be hard to navigate um, and I think that's why a lot of projects end up shutting down, right? Is that they run into, you know, some challenges and they they face some um, some headwinds and uh, it doesn't feel good. Um, and so when that happens, right? Like uh, like if, if they don't have a great network of folks to kind of support them or coach them through it, um, then they get, they get stuck um, and they don't know what to do. And they decide that, Hey, this isn't working out. I'm going to do something else, but we are not in that position, right? Like um, Frankie's going to be an artist for his whole life, right? Like, and I'm going to be an entrepreneur for my whole life. And so um, when you put stuff like that together, like you end up with projects that are going to live on, like in some form, like, forever right like i i don't think any of this stuff will go away that's cool yeah it's definitely going to be on the blockchain it's not going away that we know um exactly. but that's really cool yeah for sure like that's actually something that is really interesting to me to like and a lot of people don't think about when they started a project is that something that you guys realized when you started it you know last june july that because like what happened you know like you said board apes started that's that really did start a whole trend of there ended up being two projects, five projects, 10 projects a day. And that happened yep. pretty quick after the board apes. Did you guys know, like think about the, Hey, we're going to have to do this forever. Cause a lot of people like Jennifer said, you know, it was a really good point. I I almost venture to say most of them just kind of took the money, hoped it did well. And then just kind of, you're not really getting paid as much, you know, like, especially when the royalties kind of slow down. I see that you guys took a very modest 3% royalty, which, which is, uh, which is great for the community. Um, so is that something that you guys realize like, Hey, we're getting into this for like multiple years. Like, were you putting out kind of an art project or did you know that it was so long-term? So I, I think when Subtux was originally like, conceived and launched it was more of an experiment right like i think that's the way frankie thinks of a lot of things right like mm-hmm. it's like hey let's try this and see how it goes um but i think as soon as it like got traction right like and actually and ended up selling out like it was like and that was the whole reason like that uh you know um i ended up joining and helping form megavolt was this realization like oh this is going to be a thing right like yeah. you know, we should all like quit our jobs and like work on this full time. Right. Like, <laughs> cause it was like five guys who, were, who had never met in person um, yep. Yep. <laughs> who were all like vibing in discord and like just coordinating uh, around this project to see like what would happen. And when it caught on. And so then it was a, uh, Hey, we should invest in this. And yeah, for, for me personally, right. Like I'd never enter into any business without having at least a 10 year time horizon. So, uh, like it was, it was a, yeah, if I'm going to work on this, then I'm good to put a decade into it. Very cool. Yeah. What are some things that you've learned over the, like the past year of building sub, growing subducts? What are some things that I've learned? Oh, there's, a, there's so many. I think um, one of the cool things, and I think a lot of people experience this and have seen this, is how quickly the cycle moves in the NFT space, right? Like that, um, you know, I always felt this in in just tech in general, right? Like ha- working in startups and working in tech, like I always had this sense that like time moved faster, right? Like when 
um, when I would hire people who had never worked in a startup before um, or in technology, right? Like I would give them this little talk about like the the time dilation that would happen, right? Like that um, when you work in this role or in this industry, your experience of time will be that it goes faster, right? Like, um, and, you know, I, I likened it to like, you know, like that, like warp speed that happens in like Star Wars and Star Trek and stuff, like where they like, you know, like the lights come at you all fast and stuff. Like that that's what happens with time um, when you work in an industry that uh, develops quickly. Um, and uh, in terms of the NFT space in particular, right, like as like a subset of crypto and as a subset of technology, right, like this, it, it moves super quick. Um, and the the market fluctuations and dynamics um, are pretty pretty unique, right? Like um, like the move, like like what I was talking about with the the subtext mint, like it just being like, hey, you just go straight to public mint, like that's it, right? Moving from that to kind of like allow lists and you know segmentation and being able to kind of like curate your collectors and community ahead of time, like I think that was a really interesting and smart the move that the market um, adopted and seeing uh, projects navigate that and, and and learn how to use that to to build better communities and um, uh, and, and ensure kind of success going into a mint like I thought that was super smart and then like this you know uh, adaptation to the bear market that we're in with um, free mints and you know goblins in particular right I can um, what the the truth team has done like has been pretty phenomenal to see right like i i think all those like evolutions that you see in you know in a new market are are the most fun to watch right like where you get to see stuff that's never been done before and then understand like why does this work and then okay since this works like what does that mean like what do we what can we do with this um, and that's where we're at right now right like it's a lot of our thinking is like hey we've seen all these kind of like market cycles in this market evolution what does that mean now? How can we take advantage of all the stuff that we've learned in terms of building communities, like having tokens, um, figuring out like what kinds of utility to build, right? Like figuring out how to sustain the community over a long period of time, figuring out how to market a project, how to partner with other folks. Um, there's a ton of stuff that we've learned there, but then we, we want to uh, deploy all that knowledge in, in terms of like, how do we grow not just subducts but the overall NFT space um, for the long haul? I love collaboration over competition. Like, yeah. you know, there, there's room for everybody to win. Um, I yeah. love that reflection too that you had had said earlier because I totally forgot about how. Yeah, it used to be wild. Like, there was no allow lists or you know whitelisting. Gas whatever. wars back in the day. Yeah, right? and, yeah. Oh, oh my yeah. god, you can. You someone... had an hour. Like if something sold out in an hour, that was like ultra fast. You know for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Like, how did you? Shit, how right? did your guys drop go? How did it? Uh, like how long did it take to sell out? When before the drop, did you kind of have an inkling it was, or was it just kind of like? hope this works and hope people buy it. Like, how were you guys feeling going into it? Yeah, folks were feeling pretty good. Like Discord was already like popping and vibing, like, you know, yeah. which was kind of cool, right? And this is, you know, it it, it goes to, it, it speaks to Frankie's kind of talent and reputation, right? Like he was a, a known quantity um, yeah. in the industry, right? Like, so yeah. he had been doing art for, uh, you know, forever, but like doing art in the blockchain space for years, right? Um, he, you know, 
used to go to all the Ethereum conferences and like, you know, would, would draw stuff for folks and joined hackathons all the time. And um, because Frankie's a really, really interesting person in the sense that he has, you know, technical capacity, right? Like he, he can code if he needs to, right? Like, and he does um, on a regular basis, um, but he's just a phenomenal artist, right? Like, and so it's really rare that you find that combination in a person. Um, and uh, so I think because of the fact that he had been able to build relationships with folks in the Ethereum community, kind of pre-apes uh, and had been participating in the NFT market for years um, before Subducks dropped, that there were a lot of collectors that were already super interested in what he was doing and being able to participate in that. Um, and so we had a pretty good sense that it was going to go well, but there is, you know, because it's uh, a lot of new entrants into that market and the NFT market, um, even for how small it is, is still pretty big. Like there, there was a good number of people that didn't know about him um, or what the project was all about. And uh, there was like a pretty funny moment in the subjects discord while it was, while mint was happening where people, because we actually priced like a single NFT you know, a single sub doc, right? At, um, at 0.1, which was above the mint price of apes, right? At 0.08. Um, mm -hmm. And you had to buy three uh, sub ducks to get it down to 0.08. Like we did this interesting collections mechanic thing um, yeah. around pricing um, taken from kind of a gaming background that Frankie had. But anyway, like people were asking in Discord, like, why is mint price so high? Like, why is this higher than apes? And Frankie was like, Google me. Just like Google me. Like, if you don't know, just Google me. <laughs> um, and like, people were like, oh, okay. <laughs> and like that, that worked, um, which is pretty rad. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but yeah. What did Frankie so, like, do I in, what did Frankie do in, in Web3 before Subdex? Because I saw in his bio that he previously worked for Dapper Labs. Do you know what he did? Yep. For Dapper? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he worked on, uh, cheese wizards and top shot did a bunch of like um, pitch deck work and concept work right like around um various projects um oh, yeah cool, like cool. uh mostly art and uh and creative direct for them dope cool. so he, he it, it's funny because like so uh through that right like um that was part of the reason like doodles like is like uh so frankie knew all the doodles guys like before doodles and like um the Doodles team was like pretty heavily into Subdocs and like um, a lot of their like allow list like came from the Subdocs community, right? Like they were in the Subdocs Discord um, quite a bit, like, you know, soliciting feedback on the project and getting people onto their allow list. And that's how I got into Doodles was, um, was through Evan, right? Like uh, Because Frankie was friends with Evan and I was like, oh, I like this project. He was like, oh, you should talk to Evan about it. And then I was talking to Evan and he was like, oh yeah, let me get you on the list. Like, so that was how I ended up by minting doodles and like, you know, crazy me. Like I actually gave away a doodle, right? Like right after mint, right? Like I was like, oh, I want to support this project and support the community. I'll do a doodle giveaway. <laughs> and in retrospect, that was a really expensive giveaway. <laughs> I wonder if that person still has it though. Do you ever check yeah. like their wallet, whoever won? I, I tracked them for a while. They ended up actually acquiring another one. So they did well. Hey. Like, they were, yeah, it was good. Like, I think they were like a hustler, right? Like that they, cause um, when they, I think when I gave it to them, the wallet was pretty empty, but by, when I checked in like a few months later, they had, you know, a pretty, pretty stacked wallet with uh, 
with another dude too. Um, so I always like to see that, right? Like people that get red pilled and kind of grow their collections over time. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, lot awesome. people, a lot of people gave out apes too. Like there were a lot of giveaways exactly. apes early on. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, yeah. yeah I think that's how, that's how Frankie got like uh, his like, you know, forever ape is that Jimmy gave it to him. Oh, wow. How about that? I think Jimmy's like the, isn't he like the number one holder or he's definitely top five. For yeah, he's, he's still a top holder. Yeah. I, I think it's hard to know now, right? Like it's like these things move around in wallets and stuff. Like it's hard to know oh, exactly. Yeah. People what. have multiple yeah, wallets. People don't and... keep them all in the same wallet. Yeah, That's definitely. true. Yeah. That yeah. is true. There is, a, there is a Jimmy wallet that still has like a pretty large number. Like if you look at, I, I, it's funny. I was looking at the eight contracts the other night. Um, so I know this more better than I should. Like he still shows up like pretty high in the list that like original Jimmy wallet, but like there are a bunch of others out there and there's a bunch of contracts now that hold a bunch of apes and stuff too. Yeah. yeah I'm looking at, so on evaluate market, we have like the, leaderboard for apes as well he's number well the, his vault so jimmy vault is number four um and yeah it says he has ten thousand eth worth of apes which is a wild and that's just at the floor price right probably a lot of them are not the, the floor of yes. um the the like the lowest ask of the rare oh, okay. that's how oh, we that's value cool. i like yeah that. Good job. so it's like Good a job. little more accurate but yeah yeah but even that's hard to know, right? Like this is the thing yeah. about NFT liquidity. Like the, the market's yeah. pretty liquid. Um, like right. especially when it comes right. to like rarity. Yeah, if like you have that, like a right? rare like, background, yeah, or something like that, nobody's paying for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's just yeah, really hard sure. to know, right? Like and yeah. a lot of that stuff is macro driven. Um, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Um, ten ten thousand ETH, not bad. Yeah, yeah. it's a nice bag. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so as we come to a to a close here, wrapping this uh, interview up with Billy, um, Michael, do you have any last minute questions? Uh, I'll probably ask the question I always kind of ask, and I, I I like to give people a chance to talk about other projects that you're into, maybe something that's coming out soon that you might like to let our community know about, or some artists that you like, or anything like that. If there's what other projects are like your favorites, so. Favorites questions are really hard for me because I tend to not have favorites, right? Like uh, mm -hmm. people kind of hate me for this, right? Like people would be like, hey, nobody likes to answer this question anymore. Everyone. It's always, so hard. Honestly, yeah. I don't know how uh -huh. I'd answer it either. I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. why I like to ask uh, you. Yeah. Think about it, man. You could, we're, we're, we're yeah. here for you. Go ahead. Talk it through. Yeah. It's not a, it's not a, that I won't answer. It's that in general, yeah, yeah, like favorites is just a not, because I, I think of things yeah. pretty um, like in a spectrum. Right. Like, I don't think of things right. as like, uh, kind of like, you know, like a, a list of like, these are the top ones. And like, you, you rank order them um, for most things that like are valuable. Right. Like, I think of them more um, like that they have value in different dimensions. Right. Like, um, but I think you see this uh, like even with like top projects. Right. Like, if you were to compare like a, an apes to a doodles to a moonbirds, right. Like, it, it, it is the best way to evaluate those projects just in terms of floor price? I don't think so, right? Like, I, I, I wouldn't want that to be um, the way that uh, NFTs are evaluated. Um, you know, in, in terms of, like, stuff that uh, I see coming out, um, I think the thing that, to go back to, you know, what I was saying, the thing that excites me most is this idea of, like, free mints, 
right? Like, I think there's really something magical there in terms of being able to open up NFTs to a much wider market, right? Like, like I liked NFTs when they were super expensive and I had expensive JPEGs, um, and I still like that aspect of them. But I think to go back to this idea of like, hey, how do we grow this market? Um, like, you were never going to get a high school kid to buy, you know, a, a, an NFT for, you know, 5,000 bucks, right? Like, or even 500 bucks would have been like a pretty big stretch for any high school kid, right? Like, hey, do I get, do I have a, keep my iPhone or do I flip this for uh, some, you know, JPEG on the internet? Yeah. Like, it's not going to happen. Um, so, getting to a place where the price point is accessible for the masses, I think is super interesting to me. Um, and I think there are multiple projects kind of chasing that idea. Um, like I have a suspicion that that's what doodles is doing with duplicators. Um, that that's the way I interpret like that strategy is, um, a way of, uh, onboarding like a lot of people into NFTs. Um, and so like, I'm, I think that's one of like the most positive things for me in this, you know, kind of bear market is, is seeing um, that, Hey, there's a way to build community and build, you know, brand value and IP and, uh, and give the initial art away essentially. Um, and that that model works. Um, and so uh, I, that's something that I'm really excited about is, is the, the growth potential of the space around Freemans. Um, yeah yeah have you gotten into have you like been doing like the dgen free mints anything like that or you kind of staying away for the security reasons or just Uh, too busy or whatever yeah yeah mostly too busy right like um i do it a little bit right like i i I try and you know it's gotten harder and harder to keep up with the nft space right like as it's uh grown to more and more drops and more and more participants like the number of things you have to pay attention to uh is overwhelming so um, always trying to find better tools to to narrow down the signal and um, to you know stretch my time and make myself more effective um, in terms of you know minting things and trading things. Um, but oftentimes I think about like just like hiring a team of people to do it, right? Like, like <laughs> that's probably the right way to solve this problem. It's like mm-hmm. you know like yeah, there's going to be some tech that you use that helps, but like having a team of people uh, uh, operate it is probably the right way to go um, if I wanted to do this at scale. Um, but yeah, so I've, I've minted a good number of like free projects um, and I'll continue to do so. Um, yeah, like I think, cool. you know, I want to participate in the market as much as possible and see everything that's out there. Yeah, no <laughs> doubt. You got to gotta keep your finger on the pulse. I actually forgot to yep. mention, I'm pretty sure I was at uh, the Subducks party in L.A., Back in whatever it was, March, uh, you guys, it was like yeah, a party yeah. with like six or seven different projects, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep, yep. I, think, I was yeah, there. Was I was there. I had a good time. Met a bunch of cool awesome. people. Yeah. Were you there? So, I was not. Like, uh, okay. yeah, I got yeah, kids yeah. and stuff in school, so I tend not to go sure. to a lot of events. Uh-huh. Um, I kind of, you know, quarterback it from behind the scenes. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, going back to kind of this like community model and this, uh, this experimentation model and mindset that we have at Subducks and Megavolt, right? Like that was the idea there was like, Hey, can we combine with a bunch of other NFT projects to put on an event and then have that be like a, an ongoing thing, right? Like where you build like a network of projects yeah. that all kind of work together. Um, and I think there is that possibility. 
the the challenge we found was around coordination, right? Like in the same way, it's hard to coordinate a community of thousands of folks through Discord. And then if you want to layer on like a bunch of projects that are all have like different incentives, right? Like, hey, how do you align all those so that like yeah. there's a reason for them to all coordinate? Um, we've thought a lot about that and had some good discussions, especially with um, Mac from Big Head um, about like putting together like a, a coordinated alliance of like NFT projects because I think there is an opportunity there. Um, yeah. Yeah, we had Mac on uh, like a uh, little under two months ago. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. He's he's yeah. super cool. He's super fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So is. he's he another is. guy from Dapper that uh, that Frankie knows, and Mac and I know okay. each other from from the Bay and the tech space. Like oh, wow. uh, we cool. work together. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Nice. Well, awesome. Yeah. Well, it was, it was great chatting you with Billy. Is uh, is good stuff. Likewise. Yeah, yeah. This is fun. Always happy to you know share what I can. Tell you about all the dumb stuff I'm doing. <laughs> Yeah, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to come on. And um, hopefully everybody listening to this enjoyed the episode. Um, yeah, any any last minute things you want to say, Billy? Um, I guess like, in the, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll close on that same thing, right? Like that, um, you know, there are you know, low millions of folks like in the... Uh, nft space today right like um and you know in the same way that we saw like internet adoption and mobile phone adoption like scale to billions like i think nfts get there too um because the the potential of the technology and having people have ownership in something and then having sense of alignment around that stuff particularly when it's culturally relevant to them and something they can they can care about and something they can emotionally resonate with is super powerful and so um we're super excited for the future of this market and uh excited to help build it with y'all leaving us with some inspiration we love to see it awesome um yeah thank you all once again for listening and we'll catch you in the next episode peace peace Thank you for tuning in to the NFT Catcher Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and learned something new about the exciting world of NFTs. If you enjoyed today's episode, please take a moment to subscribe to our podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you really love what you're hearing, please leave us a rating and review on your favorite platform. If you want to stay up to date with the latest news and insights from the NFT space, be sure to follow us on all the socials at NFT Catcher Pod. You can follow Jennifer at Jennifer underscore pseudo and Michael at NF Ticket. I'm your producer, Andy, and I'm at AJC254. Our theme songs by It's Just Los. We always appreciate your feedback and support, which helps us reach more people and bring you informative and engaging content about NFTs. We look forward to bringing you more great NFT content in future episodes. Thanks for listening. Peace.